0: Evening Only Believe family, how's everyone tonight? It is our last night of groups. I see a lot of you scattering out to get in your last week of summer groups. Um, For those that did not join a group this semester, our summer semester is going to be smaller than our winter and fall semester. So it'll just be seven weeks in order to give those parents time to go on vacations, play baseball every weekend. You know how it works follow me there but um so if you haven't joined one next summer maybe it's something you want to set out to do because it is the shortest semester of the year all right if it's especially hard to make those commitments for 12 weeks all right well let's get prayer out of the way before and and I say out of the way because if we don't pray then I'm going to get in the way so let's pray first father we just come before you in the name of Jesus and lord I just ask you lord to be the guide tonight Father, as I share what I believe the Holy Spirit has placed upon my heart and my lips, Father, I ask that every heart that's here, Father, would not just hear the word, but Father, would hear and it would go into the soil of their heart and their mind and begin to bring a transformation, a renewing of their mind, God, a bigger dependency on you than we've ever had before. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, so um, most of you know pastors in Africa Along with Randy, Brother Eric, I mean, there is a huge group of people that are going. It's amazing. Randy um, texted home today, said they had a thousand salvations in the church service in the schools yesterday. Is that not amazing? And he said, Nick, I'm not kidding. I prayed for the infilling of the Holy Spirit and it was just like fire. They just all started rambling in this spirit. He said it was beautiful. He said, I didn't, most of the time it's a little bit more challenging. It's a little harder pressed. He said, but I'm telling you, they were ripe for the picking and God was present. So I just believe that's going to be the evening meetings as well. Amen? But we're going to continue our series on the revolution of faith. And this means to cause a rebellion, to get completely fed up with a certain situation in your life that will get you to rise up and change it. I've had enough. I'm not going to live like this anymore. I'm not going to live with anxiety. I'm not going to live with a poverty mentality. I'm not going to harbor unforgiveness from this past divorce. I am fed up and I'm ready to let it be done. So say this with me tonight. I'm committed to changing my life and my circumstances with faith. Amen. Now, I had you say that, not last week because Brother Rick preached, but the week before, because I want you to speak it from your mouth. Because when you speak it, something releases in the supernatural and your mouth begins planting seeds into the supernatural soil, if it were, of the world and begins to change your situation. Change your situation. There is nothing that comes out of your mouth that will not bring forth a fruit, whether good or bad. Tells us in the word that we will live off of the fruit of our lips whoo that's a hard scripture sometimes to swallow but it's very pertinent it's very true we've learned over the last few weeks that the believer you and i are making a decision and without this decision or this commitment to persevere in our circumstance that the world will never see the church prevail the world will never see you as a christian prevail but they'll see you downbeat broken destitute sick poverty stricken and with a lack of unity in the church god's asking us will you take what i've given you and actually apply it to your life for being a hearer of the word only and not a doer will only cause people to believe but not people to use their faith believing is not what pleases god Using our faith is what pleases God. But when they see us use that faith, they will look at you and say, I want this Jesus that you speak of. Where do you go to church? Maybe maybe I could come with you. It will draw men and women unto Jesus. Amen? We learn that believing is not faith, that you you can believe in a lot of things, but that in order to have faith with something, You have to rely on, put your trust in, and faith causes you to move and do an action rather than just sitting and doing nothing. Let's use a chair for an example tonight. I brought this out just so I would have a place to be an example, because sometimes I get a little demonstrative. But all of you are on a pew tonight, and I would even be a little hard pressed for our message tonight, follow me, Don't say, Nicole, told me I have faith in the pew. That's not what I'm telling you. But you do. You do. Because I believe that by looking at this chair, and I believe by looking at all these pews, they're going to hold you all tonight. Now, some of you may have a row that has more stabilizers in it than others, because David Hewitt looked at these and said, I don't think they're going to hold all those people. And David came in and manufactured some supports in order to support a larger amount of people on the pew. So David didn't have the belief that I have in these pews. Needless to say, believing that this pew is going to hold you or believing that the chair is going to hold you, you took an action tonight. There's not one of you that are standing waiting. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Pastor Nicole said that pew would hold me, but I just don't know. No. You came right down, plopped your Bible down, plopped your purse down, and sit. And I guarantee you, none of you went like this. Now, did you? You believe that that pew will hold you, and you have faith in the manufacturer that they made it and manufactured it correctly, that you could sit in it and be safe. Do you not? And if you would see a chair collapse, you go, who made that chair for goodness? Let me see that company. All these people are crazy. Right? And you wouldn't have any faith in that company anymore. Is it possible that you and I in the church are too afraid to sit down and relax in the will of God? Is it that we believe what we read, but we won't do the action of sitting? Nope. We've got every reason why we don't sit. No, no, no. I got this. I got this. I got this. It was a little, it'll just shake it out. It's fine. It's fine. No, I don't want to sit down. Oh, and then we shift our weight to the other leg. Do we not do this in the area of our spiritual life? Until finally we're so exhausted, exhausted by our own means, exhausted by believing in something that we're like, well, okay, 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 but just one hip, just, just one hip. I don't want it to fall. Come on, sooner or later, church, we have to believe what is being said. We have to believe the will of God and then embrace, trust, put our confidence in the manufacturer of the written word of God and say that that which he manufactured is enough to finish and purpose my life. He knows exactly what he made. He knows exactly what his word says and he knows exactly what he's gonna to bring to pass. That's who God is. And the more we choose to sit in this chair, The more glory God gets the manufacturer of our life. But if you never sit and just say, Oh, yeah, this is my chair. Yeah, this is mine. See it? See it? Oh, don't sit in it. Don't sit in it. But you can look at it. Isn't that pretty? Oh, yeah, I know tons of scriptures. Have you heard the scripture? You know, love thy enemies. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Have you done it? Have you done it? Have you sit in the chair? in the midst of the adversary with your enemy who is talking about you slandering you backstabbing you at work have you sit in the chair and said you know what I'm not going to repay evil for evil God's got this and I trust where he's coming from and though I may suffer at work today tomorrow and the next day God's going to make it all work out because now you're bringing glory to the manufacturer of the chair do you see I put it in very simple terms because I think it's that too many of us believe that God does miracles. Too many of us believe that there is a work of the Holy Spirit, (laughs) but we won't put our weight on the belief. We withhold our weight from believing. If we don't trust God's chair, his word, enough to put our weight on it, then do we actually possess faith? That's the question. Isn't that the question for all of us? That when we go to sit down and fight the fight of faith, are we still wrestling with our soulish man and our mind? Are we still wrestling and not having that full persuasion of God's power and his ability above and beyond our circumstance? I challenge you because I'm telling you God is waiting for us to put our weight on his manufacture. He manufactured this word, it's beautiful. If you will trust it, have confidence in it, and sit down, it's all going to be better. Here's what I say to me, Nicole, note to self, note to self, every promise in this book Is yes and amen every promise that I speak becomes powerful in my life and becomes real God has designed this promise to help me succeed so Nicole sit in your chair sit in your chair and use your faith and let the weight come off your feet and let him take your weight we carry far too much I want to go to Mark, the 10th chapter. This is going to be my only reading tonight. We're going to read from verse 46 to 52. And it's the story of blind Bartimaeus. And please excuse me if I say blind Bart. I got into a bad habit telling my kids stories like that. So if it comes out, I'm not being disrespectful. It's just blind Bart. (laughs) All right. It says, then they came to Jericho. And as Jesus and his disciples together, as as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city, a blind man, Barnabas, which means son of Timaeus, that's just his father's name, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that Jesus of Nazareth, that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many, not one, not two, Many rebuked him and told him, be quiet. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. Throwing off his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Here's what I want to bring out about blind Bartimaeus. He had heard that it, about Jesus before. He had to have heard in order to believe. Someone was telling the blind people along the street that Jesus of Nazareth was healing people. And blind Bartimaeus had began to hear and believe what was happening. But when he cried out towards Jesus, this was his action of faith. He sat in the resting and the trusting of God and said, If I can just get his attention with my faith, it wasn't the volume he cried. You can weep at the altar, you can do whatever you want, but unless you release faith, God's hands are tied from responding. Because as pastors have been teaching on Sundays, there are laws to this kingdom. This is a supernatural kingdom. This is not an earthly kingdom that we're talking about. In an earthly kingdom, you store up money and that's how you get rich. In the kingdom of God, you give money away and that's how you get rich. Completely different than the world's standard. It would appear that people that scream and shout and cry the hardest are the ones who get God's attention. But in the kingdom's law, that's not the ones that get attention. The ones who exercise their faith. The ones who sit in the chair of faith and relax and put their confidence and rely on the word that God has structured nice and sturdy for your life. Those are the ones that get his attention. So Jesus stops and he says, who is that? Now keep in mind, He must have believed that Jesus was the Messiah because he said, son of David, have mercy on me. So blind Bartimaeus believed in Jesus, believed he was the true Messiah, the son of God, which was not real common because most Jewish people were like, nope, that's not him. We don't believe that's the truth, right? But here's what happened. When he shouted and then the Lord, Jesus said, bring him to me or come. This brings a whole new revelation to Hebrews 11.1 when it says that faith is what you cannot see. Blind Bartimaeus could not see where to run, who to run to. He knew Jesus was there and he said, come. And blind Bartimaeus stands up, throws off his old identity, keep in mind, that his coat was a beggar's identity. It's how they were known that they were allowed to beg because you had to look a certain way for people to know that you weren't ripping them off. So there was a system back then that worked. And he threw off his cloak and said, no, 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 I don't want what the association is. I'm running to Jesus to get the association that he says I am. He knew exactly what he wanted when Jesus asked him. Did he not? I want to see. He didn't say, well, master, whatever you wish. Some of us need to get a little bit more pointed in what it is that we're asking from the Messiah. What do you want saved from? He's not asking us just, trust me, you're going to get what you asked for. That's the point. Blind Bartimaeus wanted his entire life changed. He was fed up. He was done with being blind. He was done begging for money every day. And he had hope and belief. And it turned into this faith that came up out of the inside of him. He could take no more and said, here am I, son of David, have mercy on me. Some of us have got to find the place. We get fed up, done with our circumstance and where we're at. Throw off that identity we've been living in for far too long. God never meant for you to live there. He doesn't want you to be there. But if you won't rest in his promise, if you won't use the word in his will and put some action to it, then you're just a believer. You're just a believer. With no action, no action to our life, Blind Bartimaeus was a rebellion. That's what he was. A rebellion that went against the grain. And I'm going to tell you, I don't believe that day he was the only blind beggar on that road. I believe there was multiples on the side of the road begging. And I believe that blind Bartimaeus, because of his faith, was the one that reached out and got his miracle. Each and every one of us there were hundreds that, people walk, uh, that Jesus walked by that never received anything because all they did was believe and never mix their faith with it. What about the guys that tried to tell blind Bartimaeus, shh! They are walking with Jesus. They've watched miracle signs and wonders. Yet they had the guts, the audacity to tell blind Bart, shh! no careful careful what we surround ourselves with careful that we don't surround ourselves with hearers of the word and not doers of it shame on them that they didn't push him to the front push him to jesus and say here he is he wants healing but they thought they knew better they were doubters they were doubters they were full of the word knew the scripture but had no faith in what the scripture could yield. Surround yourself with friends, with family, with people who don't look at your current situation the way it is, who don't feel sorry for you in the midst of your struggle and your suffering, and find someone that will raise you up, someone that will cut out a tin roof and drag you up the side and lower you down and say, today's your miracle. Today is your miracle. Surround yourself with people who trust the structure of God's word. And then when you get on your own two feet and you have faith and you believe and you're sitting and relying and putting your confidence in him and in the written word that's here, then pick up someone that's a little weaker than you and say, now let's walk. Now let me tell you what you're not allowed to say. And start teaching them the language of faith and what it means to not believe but to have faith in what you believe. Faith is an action. It's an action. I wonder if blind Barnabas sitting on the side of the road could see himself walking with his eyes wide open. He could see that green grass. I wonder what green looks like. I wonder what it would be like to not have to sit in this sun every day. I see myself going around to the market. I see myself walking with Jesus. I think our imaginations are underplayed in our faith. See yourself resting. See yourself trusting. See yourself relying upon what his word says. And I don't mean resting by not doing anything. I mean resting in what his word says it will do for you. We've heard the scripture faith without works is dead. I don't think you have faith until it's been tried and proven. You only have belief. And we're all different in all areas. Some of us have a stronger faith when it comes to healing. Some of us have a stronger faith when it comes to finances. Some of it comes easy when we're believing for wayward children to come back home. I dare you just to imagine what it is you're praying for. See it in your mind. Do you realize that you were created in God's image? God spoke into the darkness and created the light. His very words spoke. Your words, when spoken, create something in a supernatural realm that has to come to pass in an earthly realm. Because whatever we bind on earth is loosed in heaven. Whatever we loose in heaven, right, is bound here on earth. That's what we do. God's showing us that what you see, see it before it happens. I dare you. Start using your imagination. Start thinking crazy things. How big can your God go? How big can the miracle be? What in your life have you been looking at to change over and over and over and you're just done? I kept coming back to the same cycle over and over and over and I'm done and I'm going to change it because the word says it can be changed. Get a hold of it. Grab it and let his promises work for you. Reach out with faith like blind Bartimaeus. Throw off no matter how long that divorce has been hanging on, no matter how long that unforgiveness has been there. I dare you if you live week to week with your paycheck, don't look at yourself paying bills. Look at yourself paying someone else's. That sickness in your body, See yourself, close your eyes, and see yourself doing what you couldn't do before. See yourself moving and rolling like you couldn't before if you have a back problem. See it! Your imagination begins to breed hope, begins to breed confidence, begins to breed trust in the written word, and find every scripture that belongs. To that situation if you need healing in your body every one of these healing scriptures you need in your arsenal for the enemy because that is what you're resting on the scripture is the living word of god the truth the zoe how much of the scripture do you want faith don't settle see sometimes i find my faith I sit once, and then I get up because of a situation that I think I gotta fix, and then I'm caught back up again. And I'm not persistent in my faith. I'm not persistent in my trusting in the written Word of God. I'm not persistent in putting my trust and my confidence in what He's already put in place for me to rest in. the struggles real I had a girlfriend come to my house the other night not the other night it's been about a month or two ago and all of a sudden she was in my house and she starts rethinking my kitchen what do you mean she's like oh I could see this wall taken down we could do this I said my kitchen's fine you don't need no renovation it's fine she said these cabinets are over 42 years old yeah, yeah, this is all outdated. You need to do something different with your kitchen. And I was like, girl, do you know how expensive that is? No, we don't have the money for that. We ain't doing that. Well, a couple days later, they were back over on a Thursday or a Friday and she's like, man, I just can't get this out of my mind. What if we took your kitchen and put it where your dining room was and your dining room put it where your kitchen was and then put in a butler's pantry and did all this? And I'm like, girl... We ain't got all that cash. What you talking about? I'm not made of money. And before I knew it, I felt faith arising in my heart about a kitchen that I didn't care about. I didn't care if I have for my countertops. It's got a scratch in the middle of it that every time you do your dishes, put the towel on, it swells up, and then it's got a de-swell. It's all right. It's fine. It's not fine. It was God showing me something. It was God saying, you have began to settle in a place that I don't want you to settle. I want you to step up and believe me for something outside of yourself. In case you don't notice, I'm a realist by nature. Real simple. I'm gonna look at the pros and the cons and I'm gonna tell you what the safest road is. That's just who I am, right? They're gonna hook me on one of those lines, those zip lines, I'm gonna go, yep." mm Nope, that's not a good idea because that's not wise. I'm not doing that. The reality is this zipline could break with me on it. And I'm a little smarter than that and I'm not going to do it. I'm very conservative. But in the spirit realm, I see myself like a fire. Fireball of faith. But where had it gone? Life circumstances got me up got me busy about everything else. So much that, yeah, I'm not seeking those things. That's not the point. The point was I had stopped using my faith for anything in my house. I just become completely content, satisfied, settling for everything that it is, even if it don't work. You ever done that? You fix a faucet that's been broke for three years because you're moving and you wish to goodness, man, this is so nice, maybe we shouldn't move. (laughs) It's the truth because you put it off, put it off, put it off and you just start adapting. You just adapt. God doesn't want us to adapt in our faith life. He don't want us to settle in our lives with our current circumstances. He wants us to persevere he wants us to push past that stuff. I'm going to be honest with you. She made an appointment at a cabinet place. I'm like, I don't know, Randy. I don't think I should go. This is stupid. I feel like I'm wasting the guy's time. He said, oh, ye of little faith. Get in there and design a kitchen. So I'm in there and we're going through the design work. He's like, well, do you like this? I'm like, yeah, I don't need a spice rack like that. I can just keep them on a shelf. She said, well, well what about a, a drink refrigerator? Would you like one of those in the butler pantry? And I'm like, no, we got a refrigerator in the garage. They can just go out there and get that if we need it, like Thanksgiving and Christmas. We don't need that. Well, what about a double oven? And I'm like, no, my mom does a turkey, I do all the sides. I don't need a double oven. Randy's like, he just, he just lets me go. Every single dream, every single preference that he knows I would want, I'm just being realistic and settling for a status quo kitchen. And he got me in the car and he said, you really can't believe this, can you? You can't let your mind go. You are so analytical and so number minded and so realistic that you've lost your ability to dream. You've lost your ability to hope in what God could do. What if he would? Well, I got a little upset at him. I'm like, you know what? That's not true. I mean, mean, someone's got to be realistic. You're never realistic. You don't ever think about money. I'm always the one that thinks about that. You know, all I was doing, defend, 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 defend. Muddy in my prayer time, the Holy Spirit started to work on me. So why don't you open that catalog? And I opened this catalog. Oh my gosh. Do you know they have a cabinet that you can open up? It's a drawer. And you know all those little Rubbermaid boxes you have that you put leftovers in and you send it away with people and then they give them back and then you never get them back so you go buy a whole new kit. They've got organizers that fit in your drawer that put the lids, the bowls, everything perfect. When you close the drawer, they don't all fall apart and slide everywhere. It was amazing. I'm like, that is so cool. Where they put your silverware, it's like this deep. Your silverware drawer's on top. It slides back and then all your utensils are underneath it. I started seeing this stuff. I'm like, oh, I like that. I like that, I like that. So the next time we go back two weeks later, I got a whole bunch of changes. He said, well, someone changed their tune. What's going on? I said, I just thought to myself, if I was gonna have a kitchen in my dreams, I might as well start dreaming. Now, I'm just going to be real honest with you. Is that kitchen probable? Nope. Does it make sense? Probably not. But I got a plan and I got a design that's the most beautiful thing you'll ever see. I'm telling you straight up, I got more cabinet storage than I think I need. So I came in from grocery shopping last week and my arms were loaded. And I was trying to squeeze them all on this little tiny little island I got, and I got the thing in the middle, and I got a speaker, and I'm trying to sit it all on there, and I thought, you know what? I can't wait till I get my four-foot, eight-foot long island. I'm going to just sit all my groceries on top. Now, some of you might think I'm just playing crazy. I choose to think that I'm starting to build my faith in the area that I had just let these things fall aside. I'm so busy about raising kids and making sure they're emotionally right, they're physically right, they're spiritually right, their college is done, this is done, that's done, that I got a message for Sunday when I need one and I'm so good using my faith just to get things for the daily necessity of life to survive, that I forgot to use my faith. God wants me to dare. Dare to believe what I've said. I dare you. Double dog dare you. Grab a promise. Hang on to it. And don't let go. And sit in the chair. Sit in what God said to you. Sit in His will. Sit in His way. Sit in His word. And just relax. It's all going to be all right. I didn't tell you that story so that you would feel sorry for me because I got my Formica countertop that swells every time I do dishes. No one cares about that. That's not the point. I tell you that story because each and every one of us have to remember to renew our mind daily. It's a daily renewal. And if we are not reading the written word of God, if we're not investing in the things that matter, life will draw you away and you'll begin to settle for things in your life health wise oh, listen health is a big one a big one in our place I, I said the other day my kids i've heard i've had a headache for the last five days so much that i'm like i'm gonna tell you what i'm gonna give you these two tylenol but if you don't pray you're not getting any more literally that's what i'm saying why because i se- i feel like i'm settling I don't want you to ask for Tylenol first. I want you to pray first. I want you to pray and I want you to mix your faith with the Tylenol and say, dear Lord, help me. And please, I'm not saying anyone should take Tylenol. It's not my point. When we begin to settle with issues in our life and we just start to adapt, five weeks, six weeks, five years, six years, 50 years, You wake up and you wonder how you got where you were in your faith. Because I don't doubt anyone in this room doesn't believe the Bible. I don't, I believe you all believe Jesus was a miracle worker. But do you have faith that he can be the miracle worker in your life? Do you have faith that he's the miracle worker in your child's life? Or are you so busy trying to maneuver and manage so that they don't fall off the path of God because you're trying to make life so perfect? Oh, please, let them fall off the path. They're all gonna get their knees as bruised. They're all gonna come out with blood on them. It's fine. God's got them. He's gonna pick them up. He's gonna put salve on their knees. He's gonna teach them how to sit in his word and to trust it and to walk in it. Stand to your feet tonight. If there's confusion in your mind and your heart about certain things, you know, the first thing the devil tried to say to me once I started to dream about this kitchen was, do you really need that kitchen? Don't you, don't you think a butler's pantry's a little extravagant? Tried to make me feel guilty about my faith being breathed life into. Soon as you start out with this little bit of faith, that you start imagining and seeing like blind Martimaeus. Remember, yes, he was earthly blind, but spiritually he had been blind for far too long and his eyes were opened. He believed and he cried out in faith. Soon as you start to do that, the devil's gonna tell you you're crazy. Oh, now stop. You know that 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 growth isn't gonna disappear just like that. That's gonna take time. And you don't know that you have that much time. Well, now, you know, your, your boy, he's done so many drugs that his mind's just fried. There ain't no coming back from that. He may not do drugs no more, but his mind is gone. So it's okay to believe he's off drugs, but don't believe he can be restored. How about that mental illness that's been plaguing families for generation after generation after generation? that we began to settle, settle, settle. I'm here to tell you that the guy at the Gatherings was mentally ill. and God delivered him and healed him. God's in the healing business. I dare you to believe. Believe again. Right now, if everyone would, just your eyes closed and your head bowed, I want everyone to picture what it is that you have believed God for, but you've not reached out in your faith for it. You've just began to settle. And you know that that he wants better. You know that he wants to change the situation, but you just haven't persevered. You just haven't put your sights on it. You just haven't got fed up enough that you're willing to do anything different. Now I want you to see that situation in your mind right now. Changed. Changed. Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, it's beautiful. I don't know if I'm going to go with gray walls or tan walls yet. Now, switch your faith. Switch your imagination onto somebody else. Something you know someone else is struggling with right now. And begin to look at that and say, that's a settle point in their life. And begin to use your faith and look at their situation changed. I see someone who's got swelling, edema in their body from the waist down. I see them walking. I see them gardening. I see them living life with their grandbabies and their children. I see them cooking Thanksgiving dinner. I see them spending Christmas gathered around reading the story of Christmas. You weren't just given faith for what you could obtain. You were given faith to help others in their fight as well. Father, we come before you tonight in the name of Jesus. And God, I thank you for the sure word. A sure word. Father, an unction, Lord, that we would be doers of the word and not hearers only. God, that we would not just be a church full of believers. But God, a church full of faith a church full of action, a church that depends upon the word and truly sits in your will, sits in, relies upon, and trusts and puts our confidence in you. God, places in our lives that we've began to settle. Shake us. Shake us away, God. Pull off those chains of Settling. God, that we would rise up and breathe life into our faith once again. I thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Church, I love you. I do want to give credit to my chair story. I'd like to say that that was my idea. It was not. I read it in a book called Crazy Faith by Michael Todd. I have to give him kudos. It's an amazing book. It's on the top 10 sellers of Christian literature right now, it will set your faith on fire. I'm just telling you, not that this isn't the reading word of God, but sometimes you need to shake yourself awake. And it fired up my heart in a new way and in a new thing. And um, I'm only through chapter six. So if you pass me and then you find something crazy, then just call me. (laughs) All right, I love you. You're dismissed tonight. Um, Five more minutes before small groups are, are released so you can pick up your family and friends there. Love you all. See you on Sunday.